0: You are listening to Prickly and Blooming,
1: and now your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right.
0: Hi, all y'all. How are you feeling today? I'm on fire. I'm on fire this week. Um, You have lifted and gifted me into the finalist position in this podcast one contest And I'm so grateful for you. Um, I'm so incredibly grateful that you all have tuned in, you have shared the show, you have listened to the show. You are amazing. You are all amazing. So, the moment that I saw that Prickly Blooming had made it onto the leaderboard of this contest, it was game on. I mean, I was in it from the beginning, you know me, if I'm going big or going home, (laughs) that's my family motto. Did you know that? I've mentioned it before. My husband and I have been saying it for years, go big or go home. But the moment I saw that Prickly Moving was on that leaderboard, it was really game on. You know, I was committed. Like, I'm on that leaderboard, we're staying, we're doing this, we're taking this all the way to the end. We're going to take this to the grand prize winner, and I need y'all. Okay, so this is the plan. This is what we need to do. We have to share, 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 share this episode. I will have a smart link to this episode on my Instagram. I will have a smart link to it on my website. You can obviously share it directly from whichever platform you're listening right now. Whatever you, you can do, you can hit share and copy the link and send it to your friends. Post it on your social media. If we can commit to sharing it. Like if we all, if everybody's listening, like if you can share it with one, 10 or a hundred people, can we do that? Like is one person in your wheelhouse? Great. Share it with that one person. Send it to your sister. Awesome. I appreciate you so much. If it's in your wheelhouse, to send it to 10 people. Amazing. Thank you. I love you. You're awesome. If you could send it to a hundred people. Yes. Queen. Do you have a thousand people you could send it out to? That, then we're getting into like audiences and sharing, you know, social media. Amazing. Amazing. Everything you can do helps me get to that end goal and a challenge. So let's all start. Like, let's all aim for 10. Can we all start with 10? And if you can do more, do more. It's like a sliding scale. It's a sliding scale of sharing. <laughs> the sliding scale of sharing. The S-S-O-S. Sliding scale of sharing. Thank you. Um. Okay. So you get the point. So this is it. So what's happening is all this week, between the 20th and the 27th, every show, has we have have all released a show today on the 20th. And for the next week, we are competing to get as many downloads as we can of the show. So the end of this session, um, this round, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, the final announcement will be made on September 30th, which is International Podcast Day. We will know who's the grand prize winner on that day. So whatever you can do, whatever you can do, I'm just like the bottom of my heart, belly, fanny, (laughs) feet, the bottom of my everything. I thank you so much. You have no idea that this could change this whole project for me in like the biggest way go from this indie mama podcaster in the corner of her room at night while her family is watching a movie right now (laughs) into something big into something I just don't even like I'm just gonna say into something big and that would be a dream come true for me so thank you whatever you can do I really appreciate it so again my Instagram Facebook website everything is prickly and blooming uh, prickly and blooming.com prickly and blooming on instagram facebook um all those things if you're new to the show hi i'm jesse if somebody sent you the show thank you i thank them for sending it to you um and then you can now send it on i launched this podcast in january of 2020 i fell in love with podcasting in 2017 by listening to the moth i was asked to be part of a live storytelling show And uh, was given the moth as an idea to listen to, to get an idea of the kind of feel they were going for for this live storytelling event. And my personal story, which is episode one of this show. So if you're going to go all the way back to the beginning, there's me and my story. It'll tell you the personal journey that taught me the importance of story. And sharing my story brought me to this project to share other women's stories. My heart center... Is So connected to stories and sharing them. I'm an Enneagram four, by the way, let's throw this in there. And authenticity is like the blood throwing through my veins. So the more real you can be, the more invested I'm in, (laughs) in your story throughout this journey. You know, this podcast, I've, I've, I've met so many women and this is just the fascinating thing of, of recording people's stories. I've, I've heard this statement so many times. of like, oh, I'm so boring. Oh, I have no story. I have nothing to say. No one would want to listen to my story. And those are the, those are the women that I want to record. And I want to show them. I want to be the mirror to show them their light and show them how amazing and worthy they are. I want to be the mirror to show them their light so then they can shine it brighter to the world. Oh, that just Every time I hear that statement, I have nothing to say. I don't have a story breaks my heart. I'm like, oh, you do. You do. So that is what's you know driving this show. And um, I will take a minute to note that this show started off with just a more general guest base, but more specific stories about a time that you said this couldn't be my life. But now we've switched to more broad stories, but we're focused on Texas women. Um, I wanted to focus my efforts onto the state and the, the changing nature of the state and Be the place and the home for Texas women in the society and culture genre on podcasts, but also in the society and culture genre in life. Um, I'd like to continue to meet women who are living in the state now and continue to dive into the history and bring you many of the women of Texas history. So let's talk about this week. I have Kim Kelp. Kim has a long resume, really exciting resume, including Shark Tank alumni and all these amazing accomplishments and lists and businesses. And I didn't really ask her about any of that. <laughs> I wanted to know how she keeps her mindset forward thinking. I wanted to know the lessons she passes along to her clients. I wanted to know what she does when she has a crap day. I want to know what she thinks about her new home of Austin, Texas. Uh, what's the business world in Austin, Texas feeling like to her And she represents this new breed of Texan, which I was hoping I could speak to someone. The new Texan, the pandemic Texan, like the really new Texan, the really new Austinite. Like this is a thing. Um, Her and I discussed this later in the episode that Texas, specifically Austin, is growing and changing. It is. Whether you like it or not, it's happening. Texas is changing. People are joining our state. They're joining Austin by the the 100 thousands. (laughs) thousands. <laughs> I mean, I forget what the number of how many thousands of people move to Austin each day. I'm grateful to talk to somebody to feel what it feels like on her end of how it is to have gotten to Austin in the middle of the pandemic. Texas is changing. That's for sure. And I'm invested in answering this question about what makes a Texan. I'm going to stop talking. I know this would be a long intro because it's, um, it's an important week. But I can't go meet Kim yet. (laughs) Hold on. Just one more time. Share the show. This episode specifically. This one with Kim here. Please share it. Blow it up. Do you have any avenues to reach press? That's great. (laughs) Do you have social media you can share with? Wonderful. Email list? Awesome. Thank you. A deep, deep thank you. I know we can do this let's do this. Women are underrepresented in the podcasting world. And I just want to drop this one statistic on you before we leave. The most popular top rated podcasters, 61% of them are male. 27% of them are female. 12% of them are both like a combination. So it's 61 to 27%. So, I'd love to just push that percentage a little a little more. Of course, there's many shows, but the more shows that we can push into top rating, the better we can make that number. So I'm ready to do it. I need your help. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's going to be a long week for me. If you see me in real life, you don't have to buy me a coffee. I have a coffee shop. Maybe check and see how much coffee I've had. Okay, maybe I need to slow down on the coffee. Okay. I've got to stop. I've got to stop. we got to get to the episode. Okay. Wish me luck, y'all. Okay. Let's go meet Kim. Hello. Good afternoon. Welcome, Kim. Hi, Kim.
1: Hi.
0: How are you this evening? Oh, afternoon. It's a gorgeous Texas afternoon here.
1: It is It is blue skies and it's hot me. heat, just like Texas likes yes. it.
0: Yes. Hot, hot heat. Hot, hot <laughs> Absolutely. heat. Absolutely. Hot, hot hate. So I always ask people, what can I know like that's a little bit about you before I know a lot about you? So what's like the
1: basics? The basics about me is Mm -hmm. I am a Florida girl that ended up in New York City, first job out of college, ended up in the city Mm -hmm. for 12 years before finding myself moseying down to Austin, Texas where I currently reside.
0: Awesome. So how'd you end up in Austin? (laughs) When did you end up in Austin?
1: So we ended up in Austin during the pandemic. My fiance is from Austin, Texas. I had been living in New York City for 12 years. He had been living in New York City for 11 years. And we always knew we wanted to leave New York eventually. I describe it to people as you kind of know you're gonna break up with that boy or that girl, but you're kind of waiting mm-hmm. it out. And so we mm-hmm. knew we wanted to leave New York, but we wanted to leave New York in 2023 or 2024 or 2025. And the pandemic turned the 2025 plan into the 2020 plan. And so yeah. we, we came down here in April of 2020 thinking we'd be here for a few weeks and we never left. I love it. I love it. Did you buy property yet? We did. We bought a house in November. We quickly changed all of our tax status. So, if any of the IRS is listening, we are Texas. We voted in Texas. Yes, we voted in awesome. Texas. We gave up our New York license plates as quickly as possible. Yep. So
0: that's I'm like, is it? It's like, how do I? I'm just gonna ask it. You know, <laughs> like, did you, did you really land? We are oh, that's homeowners. Awesome. Yep, you did. You yep, you did. You alone. Texas property. That's because one of the questions I ask about the show is like, what makes a Texan a Texan, right? Is it is it years? Is it owning property? Is it you know, there's all sorts of funny like little things that people have in their mind, right? Is it that you've been here five years? Is it been here ten years? Is it that you've been here your um, you know, half your life like I have? Is it that you're married to a Texan? Is it that blah blah blah? So that's why I asked that funny one. Like, have you bought property?
1: I think in Austin, you're considered an Austinite when you can do all the longhorn cheers. I think that's the only requirement. I still don't know those. I only know a few. It's fine. Texas fight. You never do the thumbs. No. Oh, Only the pointer and (laughs) the pinky.
0: We're doing it right now on screen, everyone, because I'm Hawaii there with the thumb out
1: can't do the thumb
0: no thumb yeah and marfa it was the short horn so you did your fingers in so it was the shorter horns (gasps) a little
1: remix everyone loves the remix
0: everyone does so when you came back to texas it was a bit of a homecoming you know for your husband did he think you'd come back because there's a popular theme on the show is the boomerang effect that people leave and they come back my husband did he left and come came back
1: I think he always knew he wanted to come back. I think anyone in a relationship knows that you never share your true wishes at the beginning of the relationship. Instead, you inception your partner slowly, like, look at the nice weather down there. Look at all this great things going on. And then you you sort of let your partner think it's their idea. So like before Mm -hmm. I knew it, I was like, well, Texas is pretty great. And then, it, and then I think it was all part of like his secret evil plan, which totally worked. And I was like, okay, Texas, it is On to a new adventure together. Oh my gosh. How do you come to visit before? I had, I had come to visit many a times, either visiting his family or obviously Austin city limits is a great one that we would always come down for, but many a times coming down to Austin throughout the years.
0: Awesome. Now, does he work, like, I'm assuming work you traveled with, or like, no, that's the word I'm looking for. You brought work with you. That's what I'm looking
1: for. Is he as well? Is he remote worker? And we're going to dive into, you know, what what do you do? We are both entrepreneurs. So we were able to bring our work with us, which was really nice. And it's one of those, I think, I na- now perks for everyone is working remotely, mm-hmm. but I think for yeah. us, it was a, a little extra easier because we didn't have to ask necessarily our boss or a company mm-hmm. or somebody. If we were allowed to go to Texas, we just kind of right. packed up our bags and, and off we
0: went. That's such an exciting turn for the workforce. You know, is it's not I talked to somebody last week, um, her episode came out and it was in 2000 that she moved to Marfa and was working remotely. And I was like, you were on the forefront of that, you know, of of how did that even, you know, work? And she, you know, promised all her clients, like, I can be in Dallas and, you know, however many hours, like I can get there. I can be there. Don't worry. You know, but now like you wouldn't even have to have that conversation. It's such a blessing.
1: No, I feel like everyone There are some companies that were at the forefront and were already allowing it. And then I just feel like the pandemic really kind of took some companies that were dragging their feet and really just pulled them up to where everybody else was in terms of being able to be flexible about where people are working from.
0: Totally. And there's probably a lot of cheap office space right now. (laughs) Absolutely. I would
1: not want to be in the WeWork business. Oh, yeah, no, no. no.
0: So what do you do? <laughs> this is I think this is going to be an interesting story.
1: I own two companies. I co-founded a company called Bright Ideas Only, which is a marketing agency that works with celebrities, sports teams, music artists. Before it was called Bright Ideas Only, it was called the Super Fan Company. And before that it was called Zine Pack. So a lesson to all those entrepreneurs about picking a uh-huh. name, you can always change it. No worries. So uh-huh. we are a B2B based company and our client list is things that I would only dream of. Um, people like the New York Metz, Oprah, Paul McCartney, Stagecoach, just really amazing clients that we've been able to work with throughout the years and helping them form relationships with their super fans and helping them engage their fan bases in new and exciting ways. So that is one business. And the second business was really formed around a lot of the learnings that I learned working at Bread Ideas Only and Superfan and Scene Pack, which is, I think it's amazing when you can create these relationships and create these narratives for these brands, these celebrities, these sports teams, but how can we bring that down to the everyday level? How can people like you and me use that in our everyday lives? Because it's great for being And it's great for Taylor Swift, but how do we use it for us? And so I have started programs around career capital, which I define as really getting clear on your narrative, how you talk about what you do and who you are, your network who you are surrounded by and who you can call up and then your knowledge, knowledge about how everything is operating in your industry. And so building up people's career capital, which I think they teach us a lot in school. We kind of learn the math, we learn the science, but we don't learn a lot about the people. And we don't learn a lot about the soft skills and the career capital that's needed to bolster us. So a lot of times I'm working with Executives, I'm I'm working with leaders. I'm working with working with founders that are really saying, "Hey, I I don't talk about myself well. I don't talk Mm -hmm. about what I do in a great way. I know that I I could have gotten that promotion. I should have won won that award. I should be in this position, but I'm not. And I know that I should be. So how do I get there?
0: That's amazing. How do you have time to? I'm like. Those seem like
1: two huge things. Yeah. It's been really interesting and fun because what I found is often the people that are the most talented Mm -hmm. are the ones that are also the most humble. They are going to be Mm -hmm. the first one to tell you about their team. They're going to be the first one to tell you about their company, about a project. Mm -hmm. But when you say, no, 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 I want to ask about you. I want to ask Mm -hmm. about you specifically it turns into jumbles. It's like, uh, I don't really know. It's like instant awkward emoji face. It's really, really difficult. I just went through this yesterday. I
0: reached out to somebody I know who's huge in their industry, huge. And was trying to set an interview with her and she's like great if we could just meet about the questions first because I found that people you know have assumptions and a lot of the interview is me spent unpacking their assumptions and I was like oh I want to know your story and she was like nope wouldn't just couldn't no, nope. Nope. I, I, it's so funny you said that it was just like an immediate, no, I'm sorry. No, I can talk about my work. I can't talk about
1: myself. Exactly. It's, it's really something. And I think as we look at the future of work and as we look at the future of business, you know, so much of it is storytelling. You know, it's not necessarily who has the fastest widget or, you know, the fastest horse. It's who's going to tell the story about why their horse is the best. And we've seen that in the rise of social media, quite frankly, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, it's all people telling stories about their product, about their brands, about their podcasts, about their service, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going to make you stand out.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, people were scared to put themselves into it. You know, that um, that it was not um, embraced, you know, maybe it was like considered like a bad boundary or whatever you want to say, you know, and the, the table has turned completely on that. And it's it's an important value, in fact, and in people, and we'll say for a second right now, it's because people can connect to you and people connect to stories. Our brain works, our brain creates stories if there's not one there. So if we already have this natural inclination, let's use it tell your story. If you don't tell it, people are going to tell it for you, right?
1: Exactly. And you hit you hit the nail on the head yeah. about really these changing tides and quite frankly, I think we've seen that in the pandemic. I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, my company's looking out for my best interest. And I always say HR teams are not there for you. They're there to protect the company. If the company has layoffs, if the company's going under, you know, yes, people will be sorry, but that's business you know, you're gonna be furloughed, you're gonna be fired, you're gonna be let go. So someone has to look out for you. And if it's not the company, it's gotta be you. And I think a lot of people were caught off guard in the pandemic and really caught off guard with a oh, wait for the last couple of years. I haven't been updating my LinkedIn. My resume has dust all over it. I haven't been keeping up with industry contacts and they were sort of caught flat footed about how to pivot. So I'm really working on how do we make sure that no matter where you're working, whether you are the founder of a company, whether you're working at Bank of America, whether you are a freelancer, you are investing in your career capital and you are going to take that no matter where you end up.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to ask,
1: seeing you and knowing the time frame that you said,
0: you got into this career very young. How did that happen? <laughs> I believe I think I read it somewhere too, that maybe you
1: were 25 Yeah, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur. And I think it's an important phrase to use because I think so much of the narrative that we see in public spaces are people like Richard Branson or Mark Cuban or Gary Vee who say, I had a lemonade stand when I was in middle (laughs) school and I (laughs) sold candy in the back of the bus and we sort of get fed this thing that like you're born with it. So to quote, Mm -hmm. to quote Maybelline, like maybe you're born with it. And I think some people get this idea in their head, like, well, I wasn't born with it, therefore I can't be it. And so my dream was to work in corporate. I would, I had dreamed of a corporate job, a nice corner office. I wanted to work in publishing in the magazine industry. For me, the best of the best of that is in New York. And so that's where all the publications were held. And so my dream was get a corporate job at a magazine in New York, end of story, period at the end of the sentence. And And, um, I ended up doing that. I accomplished that goal. I worked in magazines for two and a half years. Left for a new adventure at an ad agency, um, hated it. And uh, after two weeks, I was like, I got to get out of here. I thought I was going to be Don Draper having whiskey, and there's no whiskey in sight. <laughs> and there's no John Ham. There's no hot John right. Ham co worker.
0: Oh, without um, John
1: Ham, that world seems just ridiculous. What right? is the point if you're not yeah, walking alongside Insufferable. If John Ham's not a John Ham lookalike. Yeah. And so, but you know, fate works in funny ways. And the girl sitting next to me at that ad, ad agency was like, before you call the magazine industry back and before you look for a different job, come to drinks with me. I think that we could start a company together. And that was the farthest thing from my mind ever that I ever thought I could do. But, you know, kind of the rest is history started the company at 25 and, honestly planned for it to fail because 92% of startups do fail. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I actually had an entire business plan of what would happen when I failed. And I had no business plan for success, which is quite ironic.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. I imagine you come across that in, in your
1: work now. Absolutely. I feel like so much of it is really, and I think that most people, right? Like they're a little cautious. They're a little apprehensive. It's like, okay, well, here's my game plan if it fails. And then no one kind of thinks about, well, what's my game plan if it succeeds? (laughs) What's my game plan if it does go the way I want it to go? And nobody really allows themselves to kind of dream of what that could be. Is
0: that some of the work that you do? Do you tell them to dream about it?
1: Totally. Really. And, and I think for some people it's, they don't ever think about themselves as the main character of the story. So it's Mm -hmm. like, they
0: identify the business.
1: Exactly. We're, Mm -hmm. you know, or again, most people are very humble. Most people are very empathetic. They're very giving, you know, it's my family, it's my friends, it's my team, it's my company, it's my this. And, and then their glass is empty. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get a little sexist, but I find that this is especially true with women. Like Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. classes are empty. Empty. Everyone Mm -hmm. else is full, but you. And so Mm -hmm. I find that especially with my females that I'm working with, a lot of it, honestly, is just saying you deserve this. Like it's Mm -hmm. okay to take. Time for yourself and invest in. Let's make your LinkedIn look like a rock star. Let's make your resume look freaking amazing. Let's work on getting you that promotion, that award up on that stage because so much of it is, oh, no, no, oh, not me. Oh, not me. Oh, no, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. And it's like, no, no, you can and you must and you will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there's a lot of
0: words that come to mind of like you're being bossy you're being a bitch you're being what's the like too much you know yada yada kind of like just do what you can and just kind of stay in your place and don't dream and don't aspire and just be grateful for what you have which of course we do that we do that but I feel like there's a comma there and you can dream for more you know and dreaming wanting to dream for more doesn't negate your appreciation of what you have right now
1: well, and there's all those, you know, studies, I think it was like the Harvard Business Review did this study where they got a hundred men and women in the room and gave them a job description and said, do you feel like you'd be qualified for this job? And if men mm-hmm. had three of the eight bullet points, they were like, yeah, I could mm-hmm. definitely do that job. Yeah, I can do it. And mm-hmm. women wanted seven out of eight. Of eight. Women were uh-huh. the first ones to be like, oh no, no, no I'm not qualified. And mm-hmm. the men were like three out of eight. I got this. Close enough. Close yeah. enough. <laughs> Roundup. That sounds great. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
0: I love knowing that there are people out there encouraging women to lean into this and um, understand that you are important. Your career is important. Your aspirations are important. And I'm glad. And they should
1: be, and they should be celebrated, right? Like if yes. you're, if you're driving revenue for a company, if you have started this amazing business, like people should know about that. I am always shocked. I, I'm sure this happens to you. It happens to all of us where maybe you're at a brunch with a friend or dinner at a friend and they'll like casually mention something. They'll say something like, yeah, you know, well, that new product idea I had, it ended up you know, being one of the number one selling things at Walmart on Black Friday. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, I've been friends with you for five years. And like, I never knew that. And I go to brunch with you once a week. And I'm like, what, what, what? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, like I just, you know, and I said, have you publicized this? Have you, is this on your resume? Is this on your LinkedIn? Have you talked about that? And it's always like, well, no, Uh, what? Like, what? this is amazing. Like you should be screaming this from the rooftops, you know, and not like that, but most of the time, your friends and your family and those people around you, like they're ready to applaud you. They're ready Mm -hmm. to buy you a cake and put a sparkler in it. But if you Mm -hmm. don't tell them that you're celebrating, how are they supposed to know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I'm having that week myself.
1: <laughs> you are. So
0: I'm going to bring this in right now. I'm having that week myself. Every day I'm talking about how I'm a finalist in this contest and it's a big fucking deal and I'm really fucking proud and I've busted my hump and I want to win it. Exactly. Uh, flat out. I want to win it. I'm not I'm not going to be like, oh, it would be nice or maybe or if it happens or if it was meant to be or something like that. I'm like, no, I'm going to win it
1: because exactly. I'm going to be in it. <laughs> Exactly. And that's the attitude that you have to have. But I think Mm -hmm. most people don't, they don't even dare to have those thoughts more or less say them out loud. Like I know that there's somebody listening to this that is thinking to themselves, wow, she's so brave for saying that. I've never actually said that out loud, even alone in my room or like in the shower, more or less to another human being. Mm Mm-hmm. I think
0: a lot of it is a fear of failure, too. Like, I, I know I was in a spot where I didn't want to put, this was many years ago, before lots of like, you know, therapy and whatever. I <laughs> didn't want to put stuff out in the universe, because I didn't want to look like a failure if I didn't achieve it. And you just got to get past that stuff. And it's pretty easy to get past, you know, it's better, you know, to um, fail at trying or to have never tried at all. You know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs>
1: 100%. 100%.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, if you, it's just so silly to say like you're you're not gonna get anywhere if you don't try, you know. And then, I mean, as I've let's put a challenge out there. If any woman is listening and you've got something you need to celebrate, do it. Put it out there. Like tag us on you know a post on Instagram, and we will celebrate with you and for you. And you know, I just I'm all about it. I'm I employ a lot of young women, and um, I'm bringing like these life skills into, you know, a, a kind of food service in right? my own coffee shops. So like it's it's that important to me that I, I wanna pass this along and really encourage and being a mother of
1: daughters and you know, blah blah blah. So And I am I am going to push it one step further, which is oh, love it. I know mm-hmm. some people on Instagram they're only maybe they're on private or they're only connected to their friends and family. By the way still mm-hmm. tag us and do that. But mm-hmm. I wanna kind of challenge you that this is something you should be putting on LinkedIn. Like Mm -hmm. recruiters should be seeing this. HR executives should be seeing this. Mm -hmm. Other people in your industry should be seeing this because if you put it out there, you never know who is going to see it. And I think that LinkedIn is one of the most high organic growth opportunity platforms, maybe like second place only to TikTok. And it is Mm -hmm. by far the most underutilized. I talk to people and they're like, "Oh yeah, LinkedIn, it's like the weird uncle at Thanksgiving. Like yes, I haven't been yes. on it in a while. It's kind of dusty. What's there? I don't know." And it's one of those things that I tell people, you know, it's a stat that I it, it's, it's not bragging, but I'll say it. Like I had over 2 million organic impressions last year on Dang. LinkedIn that I put out and I paid 0 dollars for those. And we all know with like the creepiness that is Mark Zuckerberg and Instagram and Facebook, if you want to try to get to 2 million people, good luck. Good luck. Good luck with that (laughs) six-figure budget from a brand. You're not, it's not going to happen. So I think TikTok and actually LinkedIn are some of the hot platforms right now that, Mm -hmm. especially in business, LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. I just think... It's so powerful. And again, I know like the creepy uncle, like everybody feels me on that because they're just like, Mm -hmm. I know, Kim, I haven't looked at my LinkedIn in five years and I haven't updated Mm -hmm. it. I mean, I get that all the time. And in fact, I made a whole like tip sheet for people who say that. So if you actually go to helpmylinkedin.com, I made a whole thing. You could do it in one day, but I'm just so bullish that people, take advantage of this when it comes to their work. It's free. Free 99 is my favorite price for anything. (laughs) Free 99, people. Free 99.
0: I love it. I love it. I created it when it first, you know, I created a page when it first came out, right? And then I hadn't looked at it in maybe 10 years, I want to say. And then it's come up like crazy. I'm trying to think of how many times in the last year of like LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And I'm like, what is going on? Okay. And you know, so I've slowly started to dip in there. And so I'm like, note to self,
1: right? LinkedIn. I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what happened three years ago. Most people don't realize this three years ago, Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Microsoft is dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into that platform. They are hiring like crazy. They have offices in New York. They have offices in LA. They're global. So they are dumping a ton of money into this platform to, in hopes that it becomes the business version of Facebook, the business version of TikTok. They just actually announced Two days ago, that they are now creating a whole creators program. So, we've heard of creator programs with TikTok, we've heard of creator programs with Instagram for years. And so, I do think that these are if anybody played like Oregon Trail back in mm-hmm. the 90s, mm-hmm. this is like early days, like Oregon Trail. Like, if yep. you can get in on the early days before my guess is in the next six to 12 months. We're going to start to see some of the pay to play. It's just, it's going to happen. I know it is. It happened on Facebook. Then it came over to Instagram. It will eventually happen to TikTok. That's just what happens. So we're still in like the golden era of it. So I think like get in and exploit it before it goes, before
0: it goes to advertisers. I think yes, because it will that makes sense I was wondering I was I've said something to my husband I was like LinkedIn has come up like I can't tell you how many times in the last few months and I've like okay so I like dipped in and like started to work on some things because as an entrepreneur I don't see the value like which is dumb you know like now I have a podcast and there's that but that's just like a dumb thing to think like I'm like well I'm not looking for a job I you know what I mean I'm, I'm in this like weird space like I don't do b2b I do you know I'm selling coffee, you know, but anyway.
1: But I think it's important also because, you know, 16 million C suite executives are logging onto the platform globally every day, daily logins. So people have no idea that the one Walmart associate who happens to log on, who might be a cousin of one of your friends. And if your friend writes, Oh my God, congratulations on the newest, you know, coffee bean. And that person goes, Oh, well, what kind of coffee bean? Oh, it's a woman-owned company. Oh, it's a U.S.-based company. Oh, we actually, at our Walmart upfronts, we're looking for locally made U.S. women to, you know, feature for our Black Friday. Like, that sort of serendipity, and I know you kind of get into, like, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but even for people that have D2C businesses, I think it's so important because so much of it is it's partnerships, it's press, it's features, that if you can kind of drum you know, your own little beat, you have no idea who's gonna hear that music.
0: I've met Kevin Bacon before, just side note.
1: (laughs) Is he amazing?
0: (laughs) He was was amazing. He came into my coffee shop in Marfa when he was there filming um, a television show. Um, And he'd been coming in every morning and I I wasn't there, but I know the place. So of course, obviously we all knew he was there and he was coming in. So they were filming a TV show and I was inside and I was like, hi, welcome, like this is my place. And he was like, oh, nice to meet you, I love this place. You know, I come every day. I was like, I know. like I, <laughs> R- R- I know. I know. I was like, yeah, you get a small black coffee. <laughs> he was darling. Yeah. Did
1: you get, please tell me you
0: got like a picture of him? Okay. I did not get a picture with him because he was working, but oh. okay. You know how you said like when you're proud of something, like wear it and own it. I met my one only Hollywood crush I have, is Justin Thoreau, and I met him and I put it on a t-shirt. It's framed in my house. I've recorded a podcast episode about it. Justin and I talked for 20 minutes like friends in front of like a hotel. It, I I can't believe I wish I could go grab the shirt right now, but it's in my dirty laundry because I wear it like all the time. It's worn out. I made it into a t-shirt. Like I, I'm so proud of it. Oh, I'm going to show you right now. Oh my gosh, it is. Oh (laughs) Oh my God, God. I I love this. Everyone, I'm getting my iPad out. Look at me and him.
1: Stop. You guys look like best friends. I like know, Does it not look like we're friends. on a date? Yeah.
0: Isn't that amazing? I mean. Yeah. So whenever I have my, I he, okay, my husband looks similar to him. And so people think it's me and my husband. i like, no, this is, this is JT. So wait,
1: who took the photo? I did. It's a selfie. But why? It doesn't even look like a selfie. It looks like a professional <sighs> shot. I took that, uh,
0: range of four photos where they're like that's the last one and i must i've said something funny we were laughing i don't know isn't that amazing yeah i wear the shirt that's the
1: dream and yeah yeah so that's embrace it ladies (laughs) A 100 percent done yeah that's a mic drop that's a mic drop yep boom i'll
0: have to post the photo i talk about it quite often every time it comes up i'm like one year ago i met justin (laughs)
1: You should, two, you should.
0: Two years ago, I met Justin, you know, like someday he'll reply. <laughs> someday he'll be like, oh, I remember you. We I had the, we had a great time too. We talked to, like friends. I invited him to, there was a choir thing my kid was participating in that night because he was hanging out in Marfa. And uh, I was like, yeah, everyone's going to be over at the theater down the street there if you want to come. And he didn't show up, but we talked about mutual friends. Um, I love <laughs> it. Knows.
1: everything about that.
0: Yep, yeah. thanks. <sighs> I'm, I'm on your train of, of, uh, shameless love and celebration
1: of yourself and your accomplishments. Yes. And- well, mm-hmm. I tell, I use yeah. this analogy all the time. Cause I think it really hits home where I literally just, if I could drill one message, I know Tim Ferriss always asks that question. If you could put one thing on a billboard, mm-hmm. what would it be? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've thought is, about mm-hmm. that question and I'm like, here's mm-hmm. my answer.
0: Oh, okay. Let's
1: hear. Your career is not kickball. Stop waiting to be picked. Stop waiting to be picked by your boss, by that person, by that. And and by the way, maybe it even expands outside of career. Like just stop waiting to be picked as if some magical unicorn is going to come like anoint you as worthy and recognize what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. Newsflash, everyone is so self-absorbed. Nobody notices what you're doing. Literally nobody notices. So I... I've had people that are like, I've stayed late for every single night for Uh, the last two mm -hmm. months. My boss doesn't notice. And I'm like, are you expecting them to notice? They're not going to notice. Like stop doing it. Stop stop doing doing it. it. Either stop stop doing doing it it or start talking about the fact that you're doing it. Like, Hey, waving the white flag. You might Mm -hmm. not have noticed dot, 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 but dot, dot, Mm dot. I have been working till 9 PM. And you know what the reaction is half the time you are? Right. I didn't even realize that. I mean, people think that everything else is so obvious. It's not. It's really not. Let me ask you this How did you get
0: to all these um, epiphanies?
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of potholes, a lot of dead ends. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when you start a company at 25, especially mm-hmm. as a female, especially mm-hmm. in entertainment, which is known mm-hmm. to be a very male dominated space you mm-hmm. hit a lot of potholes and yeah. you hit a lot of roadblocks and you figure out, I always say, are you going around them? Are you going over them? Are you going under mm-hmm. them? Are you bringing the bulldozer and you're going through the wall? How are you getting around these roadblocks and what are you doing about it? And so I tried the whole like polite, like knock, knock, mm-hmm. knock, excuse mm-hmm. me, Mr. Roadblock. Like, would you mind moving a tad to the left? So and- I just so That's I wrong. just mm, let me just squeeze in there. Yeah, no, no, like no. And so I think a lot of times we are conditioned to ask politely, to wait our turn, to sit nicely, and just kind of okay. Oh, it just us a little squeeze. Just oh, just to the left. And I just learned very quickly, you know, sometimes I hate to say it, but it's the the squeaky wheel gets the grease grease. and it's sometimes you got to say like, Hey, Mr. Bossman, I'm over here doing amazing things. Like, I don't know if you've noticed lately. And I say this because I think it's really important. A lot of times in podcasts, intros or in bio intros that I do, or before speaking engagement, they'll say, and the next presenter on stage is Kim Kelp, And she's been named to Forbes 30 under 30 and Inc 35 under 35 and at age 40 under 40. And like all these different accolades. And the one asterisk that no one ever talks about is, I applied to the majority of those awards, and people are shocked by that. I applied to Forbes 30 under 30 three times, not once. They didn't come find you. Not twice, three times. To- I applied. It's not like I. The, actually, for a year or two, I was like, "Well, maybe like one of my clients will nominate me. Maybe <laughs> like one of my partners will nominate me." No, mm-hmm. no, no. One was no. nominating me. Yeah. I had to nominate myself, and I think Three some times. people are mm-hmm. are quite horrified by that, honestly, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they they've never thought that they could be in a position to nominate themselves for anything. Mm-hmm. But again, mm-hmm. like we're not playing kickball like we're not in middle school anymore you, you have to pick yourself you can't wait yeah. for someone to pick you yeah it's not gonna happen
0: not gonna happen they're busy they're busy worried about their own shit exactly so I've done a little bit of we we and I thank you for this put together this uh, interview very quickly I did a tiny bit of homework
1: what happens when you have a crap day? When I have a crap day, I do one of two things. I either mm-hmm. reward myself with some sort of treat, that's usually mm-hmm. in the form of a cookie, mm-hmm. which sounds a little bit like a five-year-old. But <laughs> what's your favorite cookie? There, I have two favorite chocolate chip cookies. Okay, all right. Number one, Tiny Boxwoods, which is located in Houston mm. and in Austin. Okay. Fun okay. fact for anybody who's listening that's not in Houston or is not in Austin, they ship nationwide. Mm-hmm. Highly suggest mm-hmm. you pick up a mm-hmm. Tiny Boxwoods mm-hmm. chocolate chip mm-hmm. cookie mm-hmm. and you know, don't tell your trainer because mm-hmm. let's just say they're not fat-free, mm-hmm. uh, but they are delicious.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the second thing that I do on really crap days is... I spend time calling people that are kind of going to build me up. I joke Mm -hmm. that you need two types of friends and you will empathize with this as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You need friends. I have some friends that bring me back down to earth. So I mm -hmm. always tell the story of one of my best friends, Jenna. She was my college roommate. She was one of my first roommates in New York. I got the opportunity, I I had a billboard at one point in Times Square that happened to have my face on it. And we went out to sushi one night and I was like, want to come to Times Square and like, let's go see my billboard. And she's like, nah, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to go home. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and you sort of need that like sucker punch of someone uh-huh. who's going to kind of like keep it real with you. But then on the yep. other hand, you need what I call like your cheerleaders. So mm-hmm. those are days when you, when you didn't win an opportunity, when you put yourself out there for a big thing that didn't come through, which again, going back to me applying for the Forbes list three times, you know, you, you put yourself out there, you're really excited and like, it doesn't happen Those, those are days when I call like my cheerleaders And I'm like, Hey, I put myself out there for something big and it didn't happen. Or I lost a client or I had a big, you know, there's a litany of things that I could say. And they're the ones that are kind of going to be like, you're awesome. Like you are Beyonce. Like you, you will get back on the horse. And then I hang up the phone and I'm like, you're right. I have Beyonce. I got this. I I got got
0: this. this. I got this.
1: (laughs) I love it. So I want to bring us back
0: for um, a little bit back to Texas. How has... Texas um, been for you? It's been a year now, right? A year and a couple months. Like, what have you noticed? What's different about doing business in Texas versus New York? Like, has your client base shifted a little bit? What's the and tell me what's the energy like in Austin? I haven't, you know, like I I left Austin about fifteen years ago.
1: Tell me about it. I think honestly, Austin. If anyone has seen what's happening in the real estate here, if anybody has seen (laughs) what's happening in business here you know, exploding is an understatement. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. completely on fire, whether you have Elon coming here, whether you have Oracle expanding, I mean, companies are moving here left and right. It really Mm -hmm. feels again, like the gold rush people are coming in. It's a melting pot of ideas. Not only do you have the Austinites who have been here for decades, but Mm -hmm. now again, with the power of working remotely with the power of flexibility you are getting people who were living in Miami. You're getting people who were living in New York. You're getting people who are living in LA, in Colorado, in all these places who said, you know, I always wanted to end up in Texas dot, 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 but dot, 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 you know, my company wouldn't let me, my employers, my clients weren't flexible now in what I'm calling like this new, exciting normal, like our new normal that we're finding ourselves in. A lot of founders are moving here. They're realizing that their clients can be flexible. A lot of founders are moving here saying, I can run a D2C business with all the software and all the bells and whistles from anywhere why not Texas? There's an amazing organization here and they do some things in Houston. I think Dallas as well called Capital Factory. Um, mm-hmm. Obama has visited and it's run by oh, Josh yeah. Bear, and it's mm-hmm. um, he's a dear friend and it's an amazing program. And I say that because I think for entrepreneurs, sometimes they get a little scared, like, well, what's the community? I don't know. I'm here to tell you that there is a very strong and very thriving entrepreneurial community here that I would say What I saw in New York back in 2010, 2011 coming out of the recession. I think coming out of the recession in New York, there was a huge groundswell of businesses that today that we know and love, whether that's Casper, whether that's sweet green, whether that's bumble that we saw happening in those like early 2010 to 2013. And I'm seeing the same thing here. I'm seeing, I'm feeling the same energy. I'm seeing the same resources being shared and allocated. I think it's a great place to be right now what we said before we started recording is I'm so glad that
0: I got to talk to you because you fulfill a demographic of a new Texan that I was hoping to, you know, bring into the show because, um, for better or worse, this is what's happening in Texas, you know, for better or worse, this is what's happening in Austin. People are coming into our state. They're coming into, you know, our capital city and we'll acknowledge there's a little pushback. There's a little people that are a little less than welcoming, you know? Um, but I, I, I just want to remind people and that maybe you're having that moment, right? But the only constant is change. Like you can't expect that Austin's going to stay the beautiful, magical, tiny town it was. Even 15 years ago when I was there, the Frost Building was the tallest building. We were all aghast, aghast when the Frost Building went up, (laughs) you know, like, oh, Look at that thing. Your eyesore. Oh, she's so ugly. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like you wouldn't even notice it in the skyline. You wouldn't even. It was the talk of the town, you know, when I was there. Um, And I don't ever, I I, I really try not to. I mean, I did be like, tell me about Austin now. You know, I I just remind myself. It was like, was it going to stay that way forever? No, it wasn't. Was it going to stay the way it was when friends of mine graduated high school in the 90s and your fiance? Like, no, it wasn't, you know. Was it going to stay what it was in the 70s when, you know, my my friend's mom, you know, grew up? No, it wasn't. You know, nothing was like and.
1: Well, and I think we're going to see a lot of cities again. I, I keep going back to how, what we were talking about earlier with this new ability to work remotely. I think we're going to see, you know, there's a lot of talk in the wall street journal and the times and various, whether it's Fox news or CNBC, everybody's talking about the great resignation. We're going to see the great resignation. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to leave their jobs or follow their passions. And I actually would say, I think we're also going to see the great homecoming I know a Mm -hmm. lot of friends who were born and raised in Florida or born and raised in Georgia or born and raised in Nevada. And now they're able to go back. And especially as we see the boomer generation, they're getting older. We're going to see kids that want to be near their parents, whether that's they want to because I love you and I want to be near you or I need to you know, someone's got to take care of mom. Someone's got to take care of dad. Someone's got to take care of grandma. We are going to see an entire generation of older millennials, millennials, Mm -hmm. not so much Gen Z, although maybe that as the boomers get older and older, there is going to be what, what I'm calling like the great homecoming. I think there's Mm going to be a lot of people that are coming back to their roots, back to where they started from.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, They've wanted to come home, but they couldn't. The job they had kept them in Cincinnati or wherever. And now they're released, if you will, from that obligation of having to go into the office every day. So they're coming home. Absolutely. Uh, my father lives like down the hill from me. <laughs> he exactly. came to Texas about two and a half years ago um, while we were speaking. You know, he picked up my children from school. Like, it's just it's great having him around. Um I want to ask, like, what else do you want to share with everyone today? Like, cause you're just full of insights and wisdom and, and it's been just absolute pleasure to talk to you. But I feel like the time, the, always the time, the time, you know, like, gosh, I could do this. This is, you know how they say, like, what do you do that doesn't feel like work that you could do all the blah, blah, blah. This is it for me. This is like talking and meaning, especially, um, you know, Texas women and, Like what fires you up? What are you passionate about? What are you doing? What business have you started? Like, what do you love about Austin and and what do you love about Texas? Like I could just do this stuff forever, but the time (laughs) is telling me to wrap it up. But I always want to ask, you know, what else do you want to share with the audience that I haven't asked you about or we haven't
1: touched on? I would say that another soapbox that I tend to get on quite often is, you know, it's about mentorship. It's about people. Mm -hmm it's about staying the dumbest person in the room because if you're mm-hmm. the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room will you tell everybody that concept yeah yeah I, you, I know about you you should always be mm-hmm aiming. I joke all the time. I want to be the dumbest person in the room because Mm -hmm. I want to be surrounded by people who are so smart, so brilliant that I'm learning from them. I'm leveling up my skills by being around them. Again, to use a sports analogy, if you're a JV player that gets promoted to varsity, you're probably going to get good at soccer or baseball or whatever it is really quick because you're surrounded by people who are going, Hey, why don't you try kicking the ball that way? Hey, why don't you try, you know, going over the... This thing this other way. You're around players that are really good. And so their tips, their advice, their tactics, their strategies, that rubs off on you. And it's the same in business. And I know that we have had that disrupted with COVID. I know that sometimes the in person events. With mm-hmm. the pros and cons of the ability to work remotely means you might be somewhere where you're not going into an office. You're not necessarily physically around those A players. And so, to solve for that, I decided to create a space where I get together with those smart A players every single week. So, every single Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I do a live podcast on LinkedIn where we talk to interesting experts and leaders and founders about what's working for them, what strategies they're using, how they're optimizing their work. And, you know, to be totally transparent, we copy their homework. I mean, I joke all the time. We're not in middle (laughs) school anymore. Show us the homework you're doing. What programs are you using? What what are you charging? What are your rates? How are you negotiating that promotion? You got $60,000 more. How'd you do that? You know, Let us copy all your notes, copy all your homework, and apply it to our everyday life. And so I would invite anybody listening who feels like, gosh, Kim, I'm working from home. It's been hard to network. It's been hard to be around those A players. You can go to getcoffeewithkim.com and I would love for you to join. It's an amazing space. There are brilliant people. We've had people, uh, sharks from Shark Tank. We've had uh, Jason Pfeiffer, the editor of Entrepreneur. We've had Jim Quick, a New York Times bestselling author, come in and say, "I'm here for an hour. What What do you got? What question? Pull up a seat. Grab a coffee. Let's ask questions and, and brainstorm with each other to help make each other better." And I think really not using the fact that you're working from home or working for remotely as an excuse, like, well, I would be around the A players, but But. you know, I'm not going to an office space. So I really can't, or, you know, I would be around the A players, but you know, my kids are doing homeschool now. So I really can't make it work. It's like, no, once a week for one hour, make time for yourself make time to level up and yeah so it's it's getcoffeewithkim.com cool i love that okay um i
0: end every episode with the questions so some of them are texas some of them aren't okay if you're ready we'll do them ready okay cilantro yes or no
1: yes hard-hitting questions hard hitting. For a second, I was like, is it parsley? No, it's cilantro. Right. No. Yeah. Yep.
0: I asked that. Do you know about the cilantro thing? How it tastes to some people? Welcome to Texas. There are going to be people you come across and this is going to happen and you're going to be like, Oh, that podcaster chick talked about this. Some people, cilantro tastes like soap, dirt, bleach, like awful, disgusting flavor. And it's a genetic thing. It's yeah, I know. I know. I know. It blows my mind. I just think it's fascinating. And what other things taste different? If you know what, like, does the parsnips taste different to certain people? Like, I don't hear about that one, but I'm just blows my mind. And I know this because I moved from Massachusetts with, um, well, she came after me, but um, this was years ago when we were, we were at a restaurant in Austin. I can't remember what it was, and she was picking the cilantro out of the pico, which is a very important you know, ingredient to pico. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, it tastes terrible. I hate it. I hate it. If I can pick it out, I take it out. And then many years later, she's a veterinarian now in Houston. I came across this article that says cilantro tastes like soap to some people. And it's like genetic. And I texted her to her with all caps. I was like, this is you, you know, that's my whole background of why I asked that question. I had no idea. Number two, which this will be a gamble because you've only been here for about a year. When was the last time you went tubing? I still haven't been yet. <gasps> That's what I was. Okay. Okay.
1: I know. You know.
0: Bye. Oh, well, it's kind of ending the season. Okay. Make it a priority for next year if you can't make it. It's, it's revolutionary. <laughs>
1: I'm really excited. We used to do it in Florida all the time. I went to University oh, of Florida in okay. Gainesville. We would always go okay. tubing. So I, I, I love like okay, the good. tubing culture. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hadn't been in so
0: long and we got to go this summer with my whole family. It was oh, wonderful. It was finally because this one's not Texas related, but what was your first job? Like not out of college, but like your first job.
1: Babysitting, babysitting. That Mm -hmm. was like, it it was great. mm -hmm. Loved it. Side note, right? Let's
0: get a coaching team together of how to like teach young women, how to make that more of a business because it's so common.
1: And well, it's so common and Mm -hmm. most people don't realize that if you are a decent enough babysitter, Mm -hmm. I would have moms that their Mm -hmm. friends would come over, this is a true story, and they'd be like, Kim, we need you to go hide in the back. And I'd be like, hide Mm -hmm. in the back? Why am I hiding in the back? (laughs) And they'd be like, because if my friend sees you, she's going to be like, wait, who's that? Who's that? Wait, I want that babysitter. What's her Uh name? Give me your number. And they're like, we don't want to lose you. Uh So we basically need you to hide. So I was literally like 18 years old hiding in closets. Like, Like, what
0: what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Poaching babysitters is a very real thing. (laughs) Very Very real. real. Do you find a a good babysitter? I don't have one. I've lied. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. No, I don't have one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta do it. Yeah, not do it. Okay, so um, this, again, you're new to Texas, so you might not know this. Do you know what H-E-B stands for?
1: I don't, I mean, I've shopped there, but I never mm-hmm. knew that it's, I, I mean, I knew it stood for something, but what, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it stands for.
0: So their slogan is here, everything's better, right? That's their ah. like marketing slogan, which is adorable, but it's actually Howard E. Butts
1: is the family that is the founder of H-E-B. I have to say, I really enjoy mm-hmm. like the H B A or H-E-B super stores.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I don't know what their actual name is, but like they're bigger, their selection should, has isn't more. Isn't just super H-E-B? Is it Super HEB?
0: I think so. I think so. Or is
1: there like a plus?
0: I don't know. Oh, HEB Plus.
1: Yeah, HEB. I don't know, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's great.
0: Yeah, I haven't been to one in a while. HEB. So they're pretty awesome. I was a Stop and Shop person when I lived in Massachusetts. Uh huh. No, HEB is, good is way I know. better. I know. I thought what, I'm, what I was to say is I thought stop and shop was something, you know what I mean? And then H-E-B just blows every, it's a cult like favorite. If you, you know, I've heard new people to Texas being like, y'all are weird about H-E-B. It's like, yeah, we are, we are. And they're a really good company with really good values. And That's like
1: people do, in the Northeast mm-hmm. getting crazy about Wegmans. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, by the way, I've been to Wegmans. I don't get the hype.
0: I haven't been to a Wegmans.
1: I don't have regional
0: grocery things. Okay, now we're back to a little uh, Texas thing. So this, again, might be something that's new to you. So when you, this is a ritual in food and how it plays into culture and region, barbecue, right? You're going out to barbecue. You've gotten your brisket. You've got your beans. You've got your coleslaw. You've got your, you know, all your stuff. And then you have the the bread, the stack of white bread. Yeah. How are you incorporating, like, are you eating it? Are you not eating it? How are you eating it? The bread just fascinates me
1: personally i mm-hmm. really like the bread if you've been to county line barbecue they have the bread that's like the thicker it's almost like french toast bread what is that bread texas called? toast yeah but like texas toast. it's not mm-hmm. sourdough what is the actual bread oh. um I, I mean usually it's just like white bread you know <laughs> but it's like the <laughs> like thick of... one that has like the the crust is thicker mm-hmm. I do I just know it's it a Texas toast. As opposed to like thicker. what, what uh-huh. I call the sandwich white bread. Right. So if you go to like a Rudy's, if you go to uh-huh. Rudy's, you're just getting mm-hmm. like sandwich mm-hmm. white bread. It's thin. Yep. That bread, I'm kind of like, you ain't worth the calories. Like, uh-huh. I'm going bigger. I'm going home. So yep. if I'm doing the bread, I want the thicker white bread. Yep. I want it already with the caramelized butter. Mm-hmm. I want it already, it has like little, a little seasoning on it. Like I want it to be done up. I want this to be the Rolls Royce of breads. Don't give me some skinny, Mm -hmm. nothing on it, plain Mm -hmm. bread. No, I don't want your Honda Civic of bread. Make it part of the meal. Exactly. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be an afterthought. It should be a feature. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Agreed. There's a place that's no longer in business. It was in Brady, Texas. and They had a jalapeno cheese bread that they would make. And that was oh, wonderful. And in, in your little um, summation of the bread, you came across my husband and I's motto is go big or go home. <laughs> you have to.
1: You have. You're either, yeah, you're either doing like. it all the way mm-hmm. or you're not. Or it's just not yep. worth it. Yeah, which, which, by the way, should not. I should caveat this, if anyone listening. That is not true with tequila. Don't go big. Don't go big Girl, with tequila. It never same. turns out well. It never same. turns out well. Oh,
0: look, I'm writing this down because I want to ask. That's another great question for the end. How do you feel about agave, you know, alcohols? Um, I, te- I'm i a bad country song. Tequila makes her clothes come off.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cannot. Yeah, it
1: starts. It starts fun. Ooh, starts fun. Spicy margarita. Yep. Ooh, we're having yep. fun, girls. Cocktails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Starts fun. Yep. Ends. ends terribly. 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 terribly.
0: Same.
1: Yeah. Are, so. Yep. So that being said, I am going to an agave tasting on Friday, <laughs> so so I don't <laughs> always take my own advice, mm-hmm. but I i told my fiance, i was like i'm gonna mm-hmm. need you to be the moderator yes i'm gonna need mm-hmm. you to kind of say like that's enough tasting kim like we've Thank had enough kinda, mm-hmm. and i'm gonna, gonna just kind of stop there. i just need you to like be my policeman a little okay. bit yep i have just completely
0: cut it out after a night that was it is a good texas question it.
1: though
0: yes i know i wrote it down yep because um I mean, we can go further, like Sotol, Uh, how do you feel about that? You know, it's, it's, it can go lots of places. I love adding and subtracting the questions. I know. I'm so glad you're um, experiencing all these fun Texas things. It's fun. um, mm
1: -hmm. Welcome. It's a whole whole new world.
0: Yeah. So where can people find you?
1: They can find me on all the interwebs. So I joke, my last name is Kelp, uh, Mm -hmm. but that's always really hard to say and spell and pronounce. So I joke that if you like open up the Instagram app and you start typing in Kim Kardashian, like if you start typing in Mm K-I-M-K-A, I am the one right under Kim Kardashian. So I always joke that I'm like the Kim K with her clothes on. So you're going to find a Kim K who's half naked. That's not me. That's it. That's, okay, that's, that's the no, Kardashian. Okay. That's not you. That's, that's you. not me. I'm okay. Kim Kalp. So, so again, K I M K a right under there, again. right. Second one clothes on that one's me. That one's me.
0: That's the best directions I've ever heard, you know, on a, yeah. a, an Instagram direction like like, yeah. go for the one with the clothes on. Got it. Yeah. Love the it. clothes on. The clothes on, and but I'm on coffee. LinkedIn.
1: I'm on yeah. LinkedIn a lot. Coffee I would with say Kim. coffee with Kim. You can go to mm-hmm. getcoffeewithkim.com, and we have parties over there, and it's super fun.
0: Cool. And um, I'm gonna. Obviously, I had mentioned this in the intro, but I'm gonna go ahead and just drop it right here. If you're listening to this episode, please share it. I need you to share it. There's a huge event going on right now for me in the show. I am part of a contest with Podcast One. Their hosting subsidiary is called Launchpad One. And I am one of the five finalists. There were 148 shows that entered this. I'm one of the five finalists to win a podcasting contract. It was the grand prize with Podcast One. And it's worth $100,000 worth of programming or not programming services. That's what I'm looking for, for services for my podcast. And what I need to do this week, everyone is get the most downloads I can on this episode right here. And so if you could just blast this out, share it with your sister, just one, just 10, just, I mean, I challenge everybody to send it to 10 people. I think that's a pretty reasonable, you know, expectation, but if you can just send it to one, super grateful, super grateful. So then it's gone from one to two, you know, and then it just keeps going from there. And I just want to speak for a minute as to why it's so important to me is that Women make up, oh, I wish, again, that's like a half quote, you know, of the biggest podcast, you know, it's like 23% or something. Like our voices are not being heard. And even in this contest, three of the shows are male hosted. I'm one of two shows that have female hosts. So lift me up, you know, let's do this. I can do this, but I need your help. <laughs> it's really fun to be in this spot. Cause I'm, I'm not usually in the spot where I'm like, I need you. Cause I love to record and share people, you know? So I'm, I'm like taking the opposite seat right now where I'm like, I need you to share me, you know? Um, so thank you everyone. And thank you, Kim, for your time and your story and welcome to Austin. And, um, all right, everyone. Ooh, big deep breaths.
1: I got this. You got this. I you got this. Got this we got, we got you as you got this. Yes. All right, everyone. I'll see you next week.